AI in roadway technology. Welcome back to Textination. I'm Fred Fishkin. With us from Recore Systems is Shobit Jain, Senior VP of Global Product Management. Hi, Shobit. Hi, Fred. How are you? Terrific. Well, give us a bit of background, first of all, about the company that you're with. Of course. So Recore is an AI company, and they're really building uh, solutions and applications that really help us to solve infrastructure roadway issues. Let me give you a quick synopsis the why it's so important. So we have currently infrastructure in most of the US states, I would say 65% US states, which are at C minus scorecard. Um, we have a huge trend, which has been going on since decade of people moving in urban cities. We have a shortage of labor since pandemic, almost 1.7 million. So if you take in all this in account with infrastructure, which is in distress, you have large population moving to urban cities and you have a shortage of labor, it's just making the congestion, the traffic congestion, just much worse. It's also an issue of safety. If infrastructure in distress, you're gonna have things like potholes. And you know, just, just to give you a quick stat, there are 44,000 fatalities in a year. That's 125 a day. And with all the traffic congestion, you're also, the traffic also contributing to 45% of gas house, um, greenhouse gas emission. So these are all the issues that really matters to Recore. And that's what we, our AI technology do. It helps us to solve these issues. And the way we do it, we have an intelligence, we have microcomputers all over in our road, road network that tries to see what's happening in the road, the movement on the road. And we take those insights and through our AI technology, we provide intelligence to government agencies. This could be private, this could be public, um, municipalities, Department of Transportation, law enforcement. So they, they have you know, eyes and ears and it's intelligent information. They can make decisions in real time and they can act upon and make their community safer and more efficient. So that's that's our mission, uh, Fred. And we are super excited. We just started this journey six, seven years ago at Recore, almost eight years ago. And we just, you know, have so much more to do and and focus on our communities um, and our, our municipalities and our customers. Well, cameras on roadways have been around for, for quite some time, really decades, I suppose. What is it that you're doing here that is that is so different? And are you putting your own equipment in uh, when you have uh, contracts with uh, with these agencies? How does it work? That that is exactly right. So just another give you a quick background. Um, states, in order for them to get focus on their infrastructure, they need to get funding from federal, and they need to provide data of their count, class, and the speed of vehicles. So they can get funding, and we our cameras, you know, design. We can able to create those analytics. Um, we have fifty data points in addition to class count speed that we can provide to the state, and the state can get funding on time with with so they can work on the infrastructure. So that's kind of our basic premise in terms of, in addition to provide our camera AI technology, which help us to create use cases for surveillance. How can we also have state and local? to acquire the funding, which is very much needed. But what we're also doing, we're just not stopping there, Fred. 
in our camera, which is um, you know sophisticated, where the AI processing is done on the camera. We don't take the information, put in the cloud, um, and then do processing there, and then send it back on on the field. That is a huge latency time. So we're able to do on the camera, but at the same time, we can provide the intelligence for some of the use cases I've discussed, and we are able to do in a way which is the data privacy and data security is extremely important for us. We believe in responsible responsible uh, company that want to make sure that citizens are not only they're safe, but their data is safe and secure. So give us some, some examples of how what you're doing can improve the lives of consumers and improve the efficiency of, uh, of government agencies and maybe even law enforcement. Uh, absolutely. So I think this is something we can all, all relate with, uh, the congestion, number one congestion, right? And I'll just give you a quick stat. Every one minute of delay, a traffic delay, causes four to nine minutes of backup log of traffic on the same road segment. I That was, for me, it's mind-bending. So if you're able to provide that intelligence I've spoken about, if there's an incident that has happened, and we provide that, in, that intelligence to a traffic management center, and that person can able to see, get the information in real time, and in, information they can act upon, and then they can deploy an asset that can clear out that incident you know, on time. We're talking about a congestion savings, tremendous congestion saving. Also, our technology improves of getting the data, the insights, 20 minutes faster. So whatever the information, the way traffic management center get the information about the incidents, we can get the information to a traffic management center 20 minutes on average faster. So again, the example I provided before, every minute counts. A minute can cost four, four to nine minutes more delay. So you can compound that with 20 minutes. You get the point, how we are improving the congestion. So that's just one, one big aspect of congestion. Um, safety is a huge, huge importance where right now the current, maybe the way it works, someone calls a 911, they get a, a traffic management center, gets a 911 call. I mean, that's a pretty crude system. So what we're trying to do is that remove, remove that delay if there's a fatality. And unfortunately, there are a lot of fatalities. Like I said, there are 125 fatalities almost a day. How we can provide that, that event so they can have a first responder, know, not only being there, they can also plan knowing what happened on the roadway. And then again, can take care of that incident and save lives. So those are the two few applications that we are working on. And we have been successfully have been, have deployed for many, many years. And the last thing I would mention is, which I get really excited about, like I said, there's a movement of people has been happening for a decade and more. So urban cities getting crowded. And they want a sustainable cities. They want a city that is green. So we're also working on how do we able to create a greenhouse gas emission score. Most of those emission is created by vehicles. You know, so how do we able to create a, a score that helps the city to plan their city better? So I'm just these are few few of the you know ways, Fred. We are helping the cities and our communities. You're talking about perhaps changing the routing of, of roadways, things along those lines? That's exactly right. And we can also do a usage pricing based on if there's a lot of traffic or there's a, a high, high index of your greenhouse gas or, and like you just said, 
reroute the traffic, not use the local roadways in those in this in those highly um, troublesome areas. Beyond those first responders, uh, say getting an ambulance more quickly to to the scene of a crash, how can your technology assist law enforcement? Oh yeah, that's so. This is something I think that's where our I would say the foundation of Reaper started. It's really focusing on law enforcement. Um, and I will just, I mean, just one of the example, I was just talking to one of the team members. I mean, we can provide um, law enforcement in terms of if there's some uh, unusual activity happening and we can we can able to capture uh, license plate information, of course, anonymized, but the license plate information that we can provide to a uh, close by, um, a, 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 you know, a, a, a police, you know, a car, and then they can react, they can act upon it. But I mean, this is to me, this is where, where it becomes so personal. I mean, imagine if there's a child abducted, I mean, don't you want to have a technology that can able to track and able to do something about making sure that child is, has been, has been located and has been, you know, found and reunited with his family or her family. So I think that's a big part of our surveillance use case. We we are we that's our 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 big, biggest footprint and that's been the the core foundation for us as we building more applications on top of it. What advantages do you feel you have at Recore over your competition? Yeah, so one thing we are not a one trick pony. We're not focusing on one application or two applications helping one part of uh, what do I consider roadway intelligence. We're making our intelligence, you know. Uh, of our roadways more intelligence, so we call roadway intelligence. We're looking end to end. We're looking from how consumer is and and people are living in the cities. How are they moving in the cities? How they're going from point A to point B, and all the things that happens in that interaction. How do we solve all those use cases? And the way we're doing this is that we are connecting our services, our software, our hardware. Um, um, and putting that in a way that is consumable of our customers. So yeah, we are we are AI company, but we also very much focus on people and we are very much focused on our customer and making sure that their pain points more important than our product. So um, yeah, we, we are 80 years uh, old company, probably slightly younger, but you know, the way we have 60 to 65% uh, US market and almost our footprint in 90 countries. Now, can the technology be used to improve traffic reporting and the data used about traffic, maybe in, in navigation systems, which are in all of our cars these days? Oh, yes. I mean, so, of course, we all use or use have some usability of ways that gives you a community-based traffic incidents. Um, and we use waste data. We not only just use waste data, and that's what makes recourse so interesting, we use connected vehicle data. So connected vehicle data just... Just um, just so we know, 2016, anything cars after 2016, they have they, they're connected. So it's like thousand times mobile data proliferation. So we take all those data from ways, connected cars, uh, even weather information. Uh, we have our own you know sensors and cameras on roadways. And that's we're almost getting 20 trillion, that's with a T of signals that we collect. And then we use that to provide uh, in fact, you know, a very localized a traffic information that we can 
two of our traffic management centers working with localities, local municipalities and traffic management centers, they can able to provide real time any information that is happening and, and alert, provide envelope alerts or always always to provide just basic information to their to the to their consumers on this roadway network. So um, yeah, we we are, like I said, every one minute of traffic congestion costs 49 minutes backlog. And we're able to provide the information 20 minutes faster than the current way is done. What roles might you play as vehicles become more automated and the ADAS, the automated driver assistance systems become more sophisticated, leading to a lot of self-driving capability? I love this question, Fred. Thanks for asking. And I think this is where we, like I said, we not we we are focusing on Toyota's problem, but we're not just stopping there. We're focusing on what are the tomorrow's use cases too. And autonomous driving is definitely one of the big ones. Uh, the way to think about it is that the way currently our use cases is very much focused on providing intelligence, but we also not just provide even today. We provide prediction models. We can actually able to. Um, predict what can happen in two years because of certain uh, movement of traffic or incidents that may happen. And we can, you know, provide the intelligence to municipalities or even uh, Department of Transportation. So they they can start, you know, either uh, plan or put some assets there and they can be prepared in advance. So in for when it comes to autonomous cars, it becomes even more important that how we able to provide the prediction where autonomous cars able to connect with infrastructure in a way that they can able to see uh, that things that are not happening for the person which is not autonomous and we can provide the prediction models which are not autonomous cars. So it'd be very interesting because you're still gonna have a lot of non-autonomous cars and you need to provide visibility to the non-autonomous cars. And we can do that as autonomous cars get become much more proliferated. And the other thing, which I think that's where we are, I get really excited about in the future, in addition to uh, intelligence and prediction, we can also provide machine correction and human correction. So if the cars can also make not only uh, go from point A to B, there are so many scenarios. Once we provide machine correction, where the, the machine can start, when I say machine in terms of autonomous cars, they can self-correct themselves. And that correction has to be in conjunction with what's happening with the things around those autonomous cars as well. So I mean, there's, there's a, we have the fundamental blocks and we also have a system that allow us to collect all those use cases with our customers. And we already see some of those challenges the cities like Austin and Seattle facing where they have autonomous cars in their cities, but they're not connecting with the Department of Transportation. They're not working with them. So the way we see it is that these use cases are awesome, but you also have to work with the Department of Transportation. You have to work with your local municipalities. And that's how you actually really make um, a much more um, a sustainable you know, uh, use case versus trying to focus on just autonomous technology. technology. For instance, uh, when there have been issues with robo-taxis and the like that, that are out there, it's very often when they encounter Unusual situations on roadways, blockages that uh, aren't aren't considered normal vehicles and other things being where they shouldn't be. You would be able to step in and sort of be a go-between and have that robo-taxi behave the way 
you might behave if you were behind the wheel? That's exactly right, Fred. And I think there are a couple of reasons why that is happening, the example you gave with robo-taxis. One is that they are focusing on technology uh, more. I'm not saying they're not focusing on customer pain points, but they're focusing technology more and then focusing and working with municipalities of Department of Transportation afterwards. So there's an asynchronous between technology and adoptability, adoption. So that's the number one thing we need to focus on. How do we work not uh, in silos or in vacuum on technology, but how do we work with our customers, with Department of Transportation, for example, and roll out in a way that is helping their communities versus we're just focusing on timeless technology. If you do that, then you know that that it has to, the robo-taxis, they have to do better. They cannot just go for focus on point, point A to point B. They have to be aware, have better situation awareness of what's happening, those things around them. And the things around them, they need to understand how they need to interact with robo-taxis. So we are focusing on that. We are focusing on, it's less about robo-taxis. It's more about how the environment would need to um, prepare in order for robo-taxis to be successful, but more importantly, how to make the consumer in their life uh, much more, um, I would say, meaningful, accessible through all these new technologies that are coming through the pipeline. And it's spelled R-E-K-O-R dot A-I. Shobhan Jain, thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you so much, Fred. Thank you for having me. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio, and that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers, and that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, Without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC Skywave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.